Hey everybody, I'm Bear Klein, and I'm joined by my pastor, Paul Bogus, and this is our show, The Kaleo Podcast. On this episode, we talk about holiness, and we also discuss the importance of living a sanctified life. Let's do it. How you doing, Bear? Hey, buddy. Good, yeah. sir. Awesome. So you said you had a correction to make. We might as well go get that out of the way first. Yeah, I was uh, listening to our podcast from last week, and we're fairly new at doing this, so we're, <laughs> we're you know, we're trying to listen and trying to gauge sound. And anyway, I was listening to this on the in the car, and my youngest daughter Anna, she was, you know, she's ten, and uh, she was listening, and. I re- referenced last week about the movie, a movie, trying to get us to understand. Littlefoot. Yeah, we, I called it Littlefoot. Yeah. A Littlefoot. And anyway, Anna made the correction for me. She said, Dad, it's not Littlefoot. It's Smallfoot. <laughs> so well, That makes sense now, because I could not find a movie called Littlefoot anywhere. Only thing I ever come up with was Land Before Time, which has a character <laughs> called Littlefoot. So that makes sense now. Thank you, Anna, for yeah. For so anyway, that up. the movie was called for all the Siskel and Eberts out there. Uh, Smallfoot. It's called Smallfoot. I guess I was thinking like Bigfoot, Yeti, yeah. Bigfoot, yeah, yeah, and yeah. and then Bigfoot, Littlefoot, Littlefoot. But it's Smallfoot, yeah. and they call they not Largefoot because small's the opposite of large. <laughs> Those guys messed up. They should have called it Littlefoot. Yeah. So anyways, uh, well, for all of us Smallfoots, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about the image of God. Yes. Of course, that was a follow-up to recognizing ourselves as God's image bearers. We had to make a distinction mm-hmm. last week with what what is God's image? What does He look like? Mm-hmm. He doesn't look like a pagan god like Zeus mm-hmm. or Marduk. Mm-hmm. You know, He's completely different. He is completely set apart. He is completely distinguished, and that leads us into today's discussion about holiness. I think we have to frame holiness in that context. The Hebrew word kadesh, holy. I mean, we sing it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, holy is the Lord. Holy um, is way prettier than kadesh. Right. So that's probably why we <laughs> the English translation is holy. Right. So ho- holy. We, we talk about the Holy Bible. We talk right. about the Holy Spirit. Holy Trinity. Holy Trinity. Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So... I think framing it and understanding what holiness is yeah, yeah. In, in the context of the way they even saw in the Old Testament helps us to bring into view even the New Testament mm, concept of right. holiness. Because for them, Kadesh was more, this God is completely different than the gods we came from. Yes. Completely different. Let, like, let's think about this thing. Let, maybe this is a little off on the, on the trail, but I think it's good to talk about. Let's say Abraham. Uh-huh. You know, Abraham takes his son, Isaac, on top of Mount Moriah. God tells him to take your son and go to the, to the mountain, and God will provide the sacrifice. Mm. You know, I think it's interesting because Abraham never even like, this is my son, my only son, the promised son. Yeah. He I, never really opposed God in saying, why would you do this to me? You promised me this boy. Why are you now asking me to give him to you? He never said that. No, and, and he didn't. So, so we there's a lots of things we could bring out of this story. 
at the end of the day. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we could bring some a lot about obedience and obeying God. There's some good principles right. no matter where you go with that. Right. So, But the reason he didn't even question that was because of the fact the greatest sacrifice you could give a pagan god was your child. Was your child. So the god of Ur, whoever so, ruled right, in he Ur. Come, he come out of the, the Ur of the Chaldeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pagan sacrifices. So all of a sudden now, he gets up on top of the mountain, he pulls the knife out, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, and this is going to be the greatest act of sacrifice, which Hebrews brings us in to some things and thinking about. He knew that if he did have to do that, God would raise him from the dead. There was lots of things. There was no opposition. That's what what we look at here. Yeah. Abraham wasn't opposing this. this. Right, at all. I'm not saying he doesn't trust Yahweh. That's not what I'm saying. But I think that God's trying to have a bigger picture here painted. And he's trying to convince Abraham. Abraham, he steps in, of course. The ram's yeah. in the thicket, correct? And he says this simple fact of he provides the sacrifice. Yes. But what does that say to Abram? That, that God says, is holy. He's different. He's not. He's not like the pagan gods. He's not like the other pagan deities that requires this, you know, this mm. sacrifice of your son in order to appease him. Right. Right. So, yes, all kinds of stories being painted, and God's using their stories to tell the big story, yes. right, about Jesus. Points us to Jesus. Because, you know, we can see this Mount Moriah, we can see this only son, this whole this whole picture. Hmm. But God is trying to tell Abraham, I am not like these other gods. I am holy. I'm holy. I am completely different. different. I am set apart, distinct. Distinguished and distinct. Basically, he's saying this, I clearly stand out as different. I like that. I clearly stand out as different. Yes. So yes. when we are singing in our services, holy, holy is the Lord, holy is God, what are we saying? God, you're different. You clearly stand out. You clearly stand out as different. Mm. Now, let's roll this now into the New Testament, mm. where the Bible is a call to us, a call to action for us to be holy. Mm-hmm. Like He is holy. Be holy as I am holy. Yes. So, again, this is not a moral imperative here. He's saying, go clearly stand out like I clearly stand which out. Which is a moral. Which, morally. Which, yeah, which which ties into how we act and yes. the things we do, the things yes. we say yes. to the world. Absolutely. So, But at the root of it, it's that's how you stand out, is you act different. Act than different world. than the world. Right. So, again, as God's imagers... Right and reflecting the image of God into the earth, which is what He said. Let us make man. Genesis one twenty six. We go back to the garden. All right, <laughs> back to the garden. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we should have named the podcast uh, <laughs> instead of the Kaleo podcast. Uh, the, the call oh, back to the ba- back know, to the garden. The back to the garden. Or maybe we'll do it. The Kaleo podcast, calling you back to the garden. Oh, that's good. Maybe that'll be our subtitle. Okay, that's good. I like that. We may, all we right, need, we need to do that. <laughs> so but, back to the garden. But back to the garden. The earth. When it was created, it's like God's temple. Sure. It's like God's temple. And God inhabits His temple. In the flesh, man. He's there with right. Adam and Eve. Right. And then we have the the image bearers or the replicas mm-hmm. or the, if I can use the word, statues. The statues. We don't want to say idols because, I mean, we are the engraven images well, of Well, I mean, the Father. you can almost say that, yeah. right? The way this, the context of this thing about Image bearers, bearing God's image, 
one of the ways this word was used was if you came into a country or to a land, mm-hmm. you knew which land you were in because of the statues, the statues the... of the king or, or the ruler, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, of that area. Mm. That makes a lot of sense now when Jesus told them to render under Caesar that which was Caesar's because mm-hmm. his image would have been on his image, the money. Yes. He's saying that's not your image. Just right. give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar because right. you're my image. Yeah. Well, if we want to say that there, Jesus was given an altar call. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're worried about, okay, the, you know, do we pay taxes to Caesar? Well, he said, well, give me the coin. Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. What's, whose inscription is on this? Well, it's it's Caesar's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he said, well, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar because it's inscribed. The money was inscribed with Caesar's image. Mm. But you give to God what belongs to God. Which is? The image. I, you. <laughs> yeah, man bears the image of God. Mm. Even, even fallen humanity is still bearing God's image is just tarnished. True. I mean, right? I mean, there's a lot of good things going on in the world. Yeah. I mean, we are in a culture that we are so inundated with partisan news, right? Yes. Good news doesn't sell. I mean, just saying, we love to hear about the negative the media. negative media. We love to hear it. It sells. But we don't hear about all the good going on in the world. And there's a lot more good going on in the world than there is Absolutely. bad. And I think people need to realize that. That's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. All we ever think about is bad news. All we and, and we and and what we do in the kingdom, okay, is because we are so inundated with the uh, with information from the wrong kingdom mm-hmm. that we start believing stuff. Right? It's not even kingdom of God oriented. Right. And it sells great books. It sells books, and it causes believers, kingdom people, to be focused on the end and escaping not, this evil. Yeah, escapism is hurting the church because we're not called to escape we're called to be in it jesus brought the kingdom he put the kingdom in me i am now a uh, i am now here to bring the kingdom of god now that's another subject another topic i'm just trying to say to you yeah, that yeah. we are inundated with wrong information so it's important as god's imagers uh, to understand that we don't receive our information from from this world mhm so our part to play in, in clearly standing out, right, is to be different from what the world is elevating, or I should say magnifying, right? Right, right. as God's imagers. So when you come into a land, just like I said a minute ago, you distinctly understood whose land it was. Mm-hmm. Right? So somebody comes into my land, they're going to know. This belongs to this king. Gotcha. Or this belongs to Caesar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humanity is reflecting the image of God in many ways, even if they're not born again. Yeah. It's just tarnished. Yeah. And of course, that gets selfish, turned to a wrong place, of course, because of, you know, people not being born again. But, you know, there's a lot of good things, right? I mean, you got some like a kid that has cancer, you know, or something goes on. We see people that don't even know the Lord giving heartfelt sympathy and compassion and love and taking dinners and because it's the image of God in man. Sure. It's just tarnished. So as imagers, God wants us to make earth look just like heaven. Yeah. And that's done through holiness. Yeah. That's That's good. The way that we go and we, uh, the way that we right the wrong, right? Bringing justice. His justice. His justice is having compassion and being God's imagers Mm -hmm. into the world, setting things right. 
through God's holiness. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, let's go over to Romans chapter 6 and let's look at this scripture real quick about holiness. And I think this will kind of get us to where we, we want to be. Verse 22, it says this, uh, which I love Romans 6, but it says, But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness mm. and the end everlasting life. Mm. The fruit unto holiness. You have it. Right, right. You have your fruit to holiness. Byproduct. The byproduct right. fruit is the byproduct of the very heart intimacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, a tree. Let's about an apple tree. The fruit is a byproduct of what's gone on at the root level. The apple seed was planted. The seed was planted. Yes. The apple tree grew yes. from the apple seed. So what's the seed of holiness that produced the fruit of holiness? What is the seed of holiness? The seed of holiness is righteousness. And how do we get righteous? By accepting Christ. Only. Only. I am made. This is where religion gets in the way. Sure. Okay? Many people will... I mean, listen, I'm a pastor. You know, you are too. Mm-hmm. We, we, we deal with folks. We see things. And if you would ask your congregation, which a lot of people here in this church, we are taught this a lot, but if you would ask a lot of people on the streets, hey, are born-again Christians, yeah, yeah. hey, are you righteous? They would, they would double-take because they don't know. Um, well, not really. Or they'll say, well, I'm trying to be. Yeah. I'm trying to be righteous. They've misappropriated what righteousness is and right. lumped it in with... Yes. Holiness. So let's quickly talk about that because I think this will make a lot of sense. Second Corinthians 5, uh, verse 21, it says, uh, He that knew no sin became sin, that I might be made the righteousness of God in him. How? I, when I get born again, I am made righteous. Mm. Barry, at three years old, and you just had a birthday, right? I'm 32. 32. Yes. And happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> at 32, was you male at three years old? Or was, did you morph into into, me, <laughs> into male? Do we want to go here? <laughs> this might be for another podcast. Yes, I was a male at three. I am a male now at 32. Okay, but... I've never not been a male. Right. You were made that way. I was made that way. I was born a male. You were born a male. So when I get born again, I am born again... Righteous. Righteous. Oh, okay. But you may not be walking in your righteousness or a revelation of your righteousness. It's kind of like when you were three years old and getting in your dad's shoes, clomping around your dad's boots. Mm-hmm. Are you male? Yeah. Right? I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm a little boy. You're a little boy, but you don't fit in those shoes yet. That's good. But at 32 years old, you can get in your dad's shoes and you can walk in it comfortably mm. and they fit you. So a new Christian mm-hmm. becomes righteous. Yes. Because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus. But mess up through this journey toward sanctification. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like clogging around in shoes that are too big for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way. It doesn't work out very well. True. But it's a life that is, you're, you're on yeah, you're a journey towards these... sanctification. Yeah. You are continually being sanctified. You mm-hmm. may be justified, but you are still being sanctified. You are justified. Romans 5 says, We've been justified. By faith. Just if I had never sinned. Justified. Justified, never sinned. Good. You were set it right with God. Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah. never be any more righteous than you are right now. When you get to heaven, mm-hmm. 
right? When you die and go to heaven, or we're here when Jesus returns, mm-hmm. however this works out, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to be any more righteous than what you are right now. Okay. But the revelation of that righteousness or how to operate in it, us understanding that is something that we have to grow into. Gotcha. I can grow into my righteousness, but I'm made righteous. Right. Just like a little boy at three or 32. Gotcha. You're male. Yeah. You don't morph into maleism. Mm. You, you are that. Sure. And this, this is a key fact of becoming an image bearer in the world. You have to recognize the root. Okay, mm-hmm. because the, he says in Romans 6 that I have my fruit to holiness mm-hmm. because I am set free from sin. Jesus, now I can begin to go and reflect him and holiness is the byproduct of my righteousness. Now, Holina- I'm holy. Holiness is the apples yes. of the seed that was planted by Jesus. Yes. Me. So if holiness has nothing to do with my right standing with Jesus, why is it still important for me to be holy? Why must I be holy? Why am I called to look different to the world? Why am I called to be set apart? Because we're image bearers, and we're here to reflect the image of God to the earth. Mm. We are here to reflect God's true character and nature. Because if I look the the same way they do... It won't make a difference. It ain't making no difference. No, why why would people hunger for what you have if you are just like them? Yeah, yeah. That's good, dude. Let me read this. This is... We talk about holiness, right, or being distinct. We can also talk about the word sanctification. That's mm-hmm. a big word. That's Christianese. Christianese, right? We see this in Scripture, the word sanctification being used. Listen to this. It's, the, it's bringing the whole life of Jesus Christ. Now, where's that at? Where's that life at? In it, me. It's in me because Jesus is in me. Bringing the whole life of Jesus into the whole of our personalities, okay? Now it begins to come and fill up my soul, so that the whole love of God can be relayed to the whole world. Right. That's the point. The point is to relay. We, all right. We don't want something lost in translation. Mm. We want to translate God. We're not okay with there being communication problems anymore. Right? We talked about this last week. About yes. how in the garden... There was a communication rift. There was a communication rift. So, there was a chasm, a, communica- a communication chasm. So God sent His Word, Jesus. Right. And the way God's Word, which is Jesus, is translated to the world is by us. Now we are to be the imagers now reconciling the world, doing what we need to do to in order to win the world back to Him. Gotcha. To re-inherit the disinherited. Yes. To be the ones that are the reflection of God. And I think this is a big deal. It's so big, man. Let me just say this. John 17, Jesus said this about sanctification in his high priestly prayer of John the 17th chapter. He says this. Jesus is praying. He says, sanctify them. All right. It's this setting apart, being distinct, being different, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's it's what it means. Set apart. Holiness and sanctifi- sanctification are Synonymous. Okay. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Uh, Listen to this. As you sent me, so Jesus praying for the disciples, praying for us. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified Hmm. by the truth. So he said, for their sakes. Yes. I sanctify myself. The reason that I'm sanctifying myself, which Jesus is saying, setting myself to part to the plan of God, which is the cross, right? Yes. 
Uh, and again, he's praying this for his disciples. And then it, and he goes a little farther. He starts praying for those that will believe in him. Let me yeah, clarify yeah, yeah. myself there a little bit. Because this prayer, he's actually praying for his disciples mm-hmm. there with him. But how are we, it's still the same Absolutely. concept. He said, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Sanctification is a privilege. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, I'm sanctifying myself that they would be sanctified. I am sanctifying my. It's a privilege for me to be sanctified. It's a privilege for me to be holy. But again, holiness is not about me trying to be something. Yeah. It's who I am. It's who I am. The root. Holiness is not for me. It's for the world. The world. Yes. Yes, that's 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 it. Holiness is not for me. Holiness is for the world. Because God already loves me. I'm righteous. I'm righteous. I'm holy. Uh, Colossians 1 says, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I'm irreprovable in His sight. Mm-hmm. When did you become holy? When did you become righteous? When you proclaimed Jesus as Lord. When you, when you got born again. And when you got born again, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yes. <laughs> Was deposited in you. Was put in me. And sealed. Sealed. Until the day of redemption. To the day of redemption. I'm in. <laughs> the Holy Spirit lived in me. And if the Holy Spirit's in me, then in the temple. Yes. Or, or the, the Holy of Holies where he lives in me. Yes. Is holy. Yes. So the byproduct of my nature. My true nature. My true nature. Not my false nature. Not my false nature. But my true nature is now holiness. Mm-hmm. It's the fruit. It's fruit now. Good. Because the For root, the world. For the world. Yeah. Not for me. So I can't read my Bible enough to be holy. It's good. I can't pray enough to be holy. Now, is reading your Bible important? Absolutely. It's going to help you to reflect the fruit of holiness. Yes. Is prayer important? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's going to help you to reflect the fruit, uh, to be able to bear the fruit of holiness. That's why I think you need to reframe why we read and why we pray as sons and daughters, not to be sons and daughters. Right. I'm praying not for something, but I'm praying from something. Yeah. I'm praying from my status, not for my status. If I want to have a conversation with the Father, that's how I do it. I pray. Yes. That's just the way it is. I don't don't pray for my... I'm not working for my status. My status is already... Is born again. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not. So uh, to, here's what makes sense to a man. I work good to get approval from my boss. But here's how it is in the kingdom. I'm approved by my boss, so now I work good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that is. Re- that's really, really. Yes. So I don't work for something. I work from it. Yeah. Also, Paul said, "I work out my salvation with fear and trembling." Yeah. I work out of my salvation, of. not for it. <laughs> what brings me status with God? It's not, it's not, it's not my works. Mm. It's the blood. It's it's what I've accepted. That that's what causes me to have status. Mm. Let's go to Hebrews twelve real quick, just because we talked about how holiness is not imperative for us and our righteousness. It's for the world. Mm-hmm. The way that I respond to the world is holiness. Being different. Being distinct. Hebrews chapter. 12, verse 14 and 15 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. 
Hmm. lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Hmm. That's pretty loaded. Yeah, it's real loaded scripture. First and foremost, again, framing holiness as a fruit and not the root is important here. Good, good. Holiness comes out of my righteousness, my right standing. Holiness is the fruit of the seed of righteousness. Yes. So let's just look at this scripture. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Where? In you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if it's a saying here, without holiness, no one will see the Lord, talking about their, you know, going to heaven or their, you know... That's not what it's talking about. This relational context in with the Lord, right? Right. Who's going to be ever ever be able to do that? Nobody. (laughs) Nobody. I mean, mean, let's just be honest here, okay? I mean, uh, we're not giving people license to sin... Okay, because people are going to sin without a license. Absolutely. But if 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 holiness means a moral standard, and you can't see the Lord unless you're holy, if that's what this verse is saying, right. then nobody's seeing the Lord. Right, a moral standard. Yeah, it's got to be something else. It's got to be something different. Right. I believe, because it's talking about pursuing peace with people. Yes. Talking about falling short of the grace of God in verse 15 by defiling people with a root of bitterness or something that's gone on. So people... That's the object of this phrase, the world, people. The world. So let's just read it like this. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord in you. Why am I pursuing peace with people? So that they can see the Lord in me. They can see the Lord in me. I'm not pursuing peace with people in order to gain status with God. That would be completely contrary to to, to salvation itself. (laughs) That's a work. That's a work, yeah, for sure. No, 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 no. I'm pursuing peace right? And holiness, which is what? What's that word holiness mean? Distinguished or distinct? To, to clearly stand, stand out. out. I am responding to hatred with love so that they can see that God is love. They can see holy. They can see holiness. They can see a difference, which makes them hunger and thirst for what I've got, which, mm. is, which is actually introducing people to a different kingdom. Oh, I just walked into a land that's different. Dang. I just walked into the land of, I see the replicas. Well, this is different. This Mm -hmm. is a different, uh, oh my goodness, look here. I've walked into this land and this is a different land. Yeah. This is is not like the, this is not like the idol, (laughs) if I can use that word. Sure. The replicas that I saw in the other land. Yeah, yeah. That are hatred and giving, uh, wanting to pay somebody back. Oh my goodness, this person extended love to me when I hated them. This is a different land. Yeah. Where you live at? What is this place called? This is Yahweh's land. This is Jesus' land. This, And listen, this is a supernatural principle. This stuff ain't supposed to make sense, right? Right. What? Respond with kindness to somebody who hates me? That doesn't make sense. Well, it's if you not actually, supposed to make sense. Again, I know, that, I know we've got to close here, but if you look in verse 13 or 12 of Hebrews... Hebrews chapter 12. Is that right? Strengthen the hands. It says, Strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that that which is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Now, other translations brings this out a little more clear, but basically what he's saying is, is that remove the obstacles out of people's way. Mm. So they're, they don't break their legs and their ankles when they walk. Right. Make a smooth path for people. And, and the way that you make a smooth path for people is through oh, holiness. holiness. <laughs> and then he goes right in, pursue peace mm-hmm. and holiness. It's 
this is not about me, man. This this whole frame of thinking here, there's no way you can read that and understand think that's about you. Let's look at verse 10. <laughs> Let's keep going back. It says, for they, well, it's talking about the chastening of the Lord. Okay. Okay, it's talking about God disciplining us. Sure. For a reason. Yes, like it, a father. Right, let's just go to verse 10. Well, let's just go to verse 7. <laughs> it says, if you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons, and what son is there in whom a father does not chasten? Mm. It's going to be, a good dad's going to discipline you. But yep. if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Mm. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjected to the Father of spirits and live? Verse 10, For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. I mean, according to their own pleasure. Sure. But He disciplines us, not for their pleasure or because they're frustrated. See, human fathers, a lot of times we'll discipline because we're frustrated yeah. at our kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But he's, he said, but he, he does it for our profit yep. that we may be partakers of his what? Holiness. Discipline. The result of discipline is holiness. Mm. Why does God discipline you? Why does he come and convict you? Mm-hmm. Why does he come and convince you when you've done something wrong? So you understand that's not who you are? That's not who I am. And, and, and the image is not being reflected like it needs to be reflected. That's good, dude. And then he says in verse 11, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. No. <laughs> but painful. Oh, my. Yeah. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. To those who have been trained by it. Yep. Here's how that makes sense to me. Let's say I lie. The chastening of God isn't he's going to rip his belt off of his pants and wear me out. But the chastening of God is I'm now going to reap the consequences of that lie, maybe get caught up in it and dig a deeper hole for myself and make things a whole lot worse with the lie. Well, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And then, yeah, and then the Holy Spirit comes and says, that wasn't really that's, what that's you're not, supposed to that's do. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. That's not that's not who I am, and that's not who you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that but, doesn't feel good. And I know there's some people in some camps, especially some of the grace teaching, is that they don't want they want to get away from conviction altogether. Right. And I, I don't think that's healthy at all. Well, I no. I mean, I mean, if co- the Holy Spirit didn't convince me that I'm a son... right. I wouldn't change. Right. So I, uh, conviction is very, very important because yeah. it's like the tornado siren. It's like the red light on the dash. Yeah, yeah. Hello, uh, McFly. Yeah, you need to look under the hood. Something's up. Yeah. Don't ignore the the red light on the dash. Yeah. So that's what conviction is. And that's what he's saying. He disciplines you by conviction. Yeah, this he, is not He you. doesn't send bad stuff. Well, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I, you know, he's been really bad. So we're going to send a sickness on him. Yeah. Or he's been really bad. We're going to make sure that we, you know what I'm saying, they get in a car wreck today. That sounds like Zeus. That's, that's paganism. That sounds like paganism. That's the paganized our soteriology. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, N.T. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. This is not our God. Our God does things differently. Yeah, he does. he's holy. He's holy. He is completely he's different. different. And he comes and he gives me the spirit. He convicts me to take me now to the, to, to the, to the image bearer that I, the, the, uh, how does N.T. Wright call that on uh, the, um, the, the vocation? Yeah, the, yeah. Our vo- he restores our vocation. Yeah, the restoration to the vocation. Yeah. Right, it's the rest of what is the vocation to be imagers, to be image, priestly kings, to be kings and priests, to be image bearers for God, and why? Because the world needs to see this new kingdom. This world needs to walk in 
to a place, just like our churches. When people walk into the place, they need to, wow, we have walked into another world. But see, let's take it farther than that. Don't we want that to become our neighborhoods? Mm -hmm. When someone comes into our neighborhood or comes into our towns, they begin to see the replicas, right? Wow. Mm -hmm. These human statues mm -hmm. reflecting, oh, I've come into a different place. And the kingdom of God is advanced. Mm. And people say, you know, I want to be a part of that. Because that's holy. It's different. That's not like it is where I came from. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Kaleo Podcast. For more resources, you can check out faithchristianfellowship.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. If you have any questions that we can help you with, you can email those to kaleocast at gmail.com. See you soon.